We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dan Wiederer. You've got a guy with, with credentials. You've got a guy with some qualifications. And now there's just when done at its best provides a level of steadiness and stability that helps create and stimulate success. On-air contributor for 670 The Score. Listen, we're not going to accept the status quo. We are going to push for more. We are going to strive for more. Co-host of the Take the North podcast with our own David Haw. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Dan Wiederer with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Bear down. Let's go. <laughs> Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Always fun to talk to our friend Dan Wiederer, and he joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial, making personal. Dan, good morning. How are you? Boys, that is some really good packing snow out there. So if you guys need a little uh, tension breaker at the end of the show, I suggest a snowball fight. <laughs> okay. I, I was thinking snowman, but that's just me. I'm a very happy guy. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, Dan. So, so here we are uh, looking at the conference championship games, and you know, I, I suppose the team, and not and not the team, but the player that would most uh, be um, closest to or hopeful of would be Jalen Hurts, a la. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, can Justin Fields grow into Jalen Hurts? And Jalen Hurts has made a uh, a pretty quick uh, turnaround to his career. And now here he is in the NFC Championship game. They are at home. They had the bye week. He apparently is healthy after being injured against the Bears. And they welcome the San Francisco 49ers in the early game. There are a lot of positives for uh, Jalen Hurts. Do we do we kind of judge this game and his performance as uh, as as hopefully the future of Justin Fields? Do we look at it through that prism? Yeah, I mean you should, and it's what a matchup it is to see him go up against the 49ers defense that's going to test him in a lot of different ways and see what he's made of on the biggest stage that he's played on in, in his professional life. And 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 David and I talked about this a little bit on the podcast that, that in my opinion Jalen Hurts uh, does not have the arm talent that Justin Fields has. I think Justin Fields is more dangerous as a runner too. What's separated Jalen Hurts right now is just his ability to understand what he's seeing and react to what he's seeing quickly. And there's a lesson in that for Justin Fields in, in order to, to do what he's talked about doing now for the last year and sort of temper your greed and understand that, you know, a, a six yard check down that keeps you in front of the chain is sometimes the best play available. And so, so just go there and, and, and get those yards and, and, and continue a drive and then make sure you keep progressing in that regard. If you can get down that timing and rhythm, that quick decision part, and you've got all of the, the physical tools that Justin has, all of the intangible leadership that Justin has, of course he can rise to this level, but it's going to be a steep climb to get there, and they're going to have to be locked in on it every single day uh, to make a similar climb. I like the Hertz comparison because it's one we have made before and seen and makes a lot of sense. But I do think what's interesting about this Final Four, Dan, 
Uh, in the NFC, it's an example of two teams that, frankly, could say that they built around the quarterbacks. They had everything else in place. And then, oh, boy, J- Jalen Hurts, that's a pretty good fit right there. Oh, boy, 49ers doesn't care who doesn't matter who's taking the snaps because everything else, the infrastructures are in place. Whereas in the AFC, I think it's because Patrick Mahomes is with the Chiefs, because Joe Burrow is with the Bengals. I know you don't fully agree, but I think this is a great example. Whatever your strengths are as a football team, as an organization, lean into them because you can make it work if you try hard enough. A thousand percent. I, th- I think that this is a fascinating weekend in that regard because you see two different formulas in the AFC. You have, hey, go cash in your, your Powerball ticket and, and get a Hall of Fame transcendent player at the most important position in sports and ride that guy as your engine as far as he'll let you go. In the other conference, you got guys that aren't superstars. And by the way, they just beat Daniel Jones and Dak Prescott in the divisional round to get to the NFC Championship game. So you don't have these star quality quarterbacks that are on the level of Burrow and Mahomes in the NFC. And yet you've got teams that are built inside out that have sturdiness and steadiness in the trenches that have a physicality up front that set the tone for every game that allows you as a quarterback to not have to be spectacular. Let's face it, Brock Purdy and and Jalen Hurts, neither one of those guys was spectacular this weekend and their teams rolled because they are so built so solidly around them that those guys just have to, to manage the game, take care of business and the next thing you know, you're punching your ticket to the next round. You know, it's going to be fascinating to see whether Mahomes can play on a high ankle sprain, whether he can mm-hmm. be effective if he plays on a high ankle sprain. I keep expecting that he will play, but I'm not sure that that's the best idea. I, I just worry that that is uh, – we've seen high ankle sprains, Dan. Generally speaking, it takes like six weeks really surprising that he came back in that game this weekend and gutted it out the way he did because, yeah, high ankle sprains are, are, are nothing to mess around with and they're not comfortable at all. I mean, you can take the triple dose of Toradol if you need to to, to, to numb the pain for an afternoon, but there's going to be some hell to pay on Monday morning when you wake up and, and you see the swelling and the ballooning and the, and the you know potential damage that's done there. And so it's a, it's a tough, tough call to make. Uh, you know, it's not an easy game to win without your star quarterback, and, and you only get so many bites at the apple. And so to be on this stage, um, you know, I obviously applaud Mahomes for, for doing his best to try to gut this through, and the Chiefs are, 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 are playing around with something here that's, you know, probably not the, the most comfortable thing to play around with. We'll see how he reacts. We'll see how, how, how he's able to move. You know, obviously after he came in after that injury this weekend, it just felt like, um, you know, he wasn't able to, to plant and, and really just generate the same sort of throwing motion that, that, that we're used to seeing him have. And obviously it takes down his mobility a little bit. So those are going to be big factors. And, and you're playing a, a Bengals team led by a, a quarterback who's obviously fearless and who doesn't care about going on the road and is ready to, to swing every arrow he's got in his quiver at you. And so we'll see what happens. All right, Dan, let's stop, uh, you know, beating around the bush. Did Saquon Barkley play his last game for the Giants and how quickly can he get to Hallis Hall? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're driving that bus. I know you, you got a, uh, a party bus headed out to, to New Jersey to pick him up and, and roll him <laughs> down here. We'll see. Look, like I, I know that, that he's not necessarily chasing record setting money, but he's, he's going to be chasing money. That's probably far above what the bears want to pay that position, particularly with the guys they've got in house that can be, um, you know, contributors uh, at, at a cheaper price. So I, I don't, I don't see that union happening. This is the time of year where you can dream about those things and have fun dreaming about those things. 
Um, you might just have to pick up a couple other passengers on the party bus up to New Jersey to, to, to get up there with enough people to convince him to get on. Are, are you at all surprised when you look around the league and no vacancies have been filled, no head coaching jobs are yeah. resolved yet? It just seems like, and, and I don't, maybe I'm wrong about this. It seems like there needs to be a shoe to drop. And, and if, uh, if indeed, you know, you figure out where Sean Payton's going, the rest will follow. Yeah, well, it feels like Sean Payton and Dan Quinn are two of the biggest dominoes in here. And obviously, Dan Quinn just finished up his season this past weekend. But, yeah, I am surprised. I commented on that to somebody yesterday that, you know, I think today might be the the one-year anniversary of of Ryan Poles being hired. And you know how quickly it was after he was hired that he pulled the trigger and and brought Matt Eberflus on as his coach. But usually at this point, you've got some movement and some things that are settled and stable. And, and, uh, um, you know, I always think it's almost reckless how quickly teams try to fill these head coaching roles because I feel like sometimes teams rush into something and then two years down the road, they go, Oh crap. Why did we, why did we rush to hire that guy? Um, but yeah, it, this is, this is unusual uh, for the off season to have nothing filled and, and to just be kind of waiting for, for everything to, to fall into place. And the Peyton thing is obviously one that um, it's got a lot of mystery attached to it and a lot of intrigue, depending on what his ultimate final decision is. So do you find it ironic at all that you mentioned Ryan Poles a year ago was hired as the Bears general manager? Matt Nagy was fired uh, over a year ago and probably facing a career crisis, lands on his feet in Kansas City, now in the midst of one of the biggest stories left in the NFL. Matt Nagy could find his way to a Super Bowl, one victory away. Do you think he's going to be one of these guys that gets a look as an offensive coordinator because there are 10 openings around the league? Well, look, I mean, he's just in the quarterback's coach's room right now and you know there's a lot of other things in that machine in Kansas City he may get a a call uh I I don't know that that there's enough out of the 2023 body of or 22 body of work to to supersede what happened the previous three years um so I don't know uh that that would be something that would be heavily on the radar but again we talked about this how about Andy Reid you know for, for as much credit as we give Patrick Mahomes for being the guy that pushes that thing forward you know they went down and scored a 98 had a 98 yard touchdown drive when Patrick Mahomes was out of the game Uh, And Andy Reid is no stranger to deep runs in the postseason. And the things that he's done in his career, obviously he was able to validate it with that Super Bowl championship, um, you know, in the winter of of early 2020. But man, that guy has been, has been damn good in the postseason. And and, and it continues to be the case. And you see that and you go, wow, this is, uh, this is something to take note of because it isn't going to last forever. Yeah, I I mean, they, uh, they are doing uh, phenomenal. Who would you take? I mean, I, I, if you're lining up these coaches, I think it's Andy and, and Kyle Shanahan vying for that. I think Nick Sirianni, unless he wins the Super Bowl, is always going to be considered, you know, the worst of this bunch. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and, and yeah, you know, Kyle Shanahan <laughs> on his third quarterback of the year. Right. Um, right. And then somehow going out and getting a, a weapon in Christian McCaffrey in, in the middle of the season, and they, they haven't missed a beat since. And it's just amazing. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan's a guy I've had a lot of respect for from, um, you know, the time I got into the league and then obviously working closely along Rich Campbell, who knew him really well from Washington. You learn more about kind of what makes him tick and the things that, that make him brilliant as an offensive mind. And you're seeing that play out uh, every single week now. And that 49ers offense with Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, leading it is is just absolutely almost unstoppable at this point with, with some of the things that they're doing. Um, and so it's going to be a big challenge for an Eagles defense that's certainly capable uh, of putting up a, a, a fight. Bears question for you, Dan. Darnell Mooney switched agencies. I don't know if that means anything. It is the same agency that represents Cole Komet, and I think Justin Fields. 
He is entering the final year of a real modest, affordable contract, pays him $1 million in 2023. Do you think he's a candidate for a contract extension in the offseason? And if he is, where is he in line? Because there are other players on that roster that might be as well. Yeah, I mean, you've got a, a short list here, right, of, of the guys from Mooney's draft class, which is Mooney, Komet, and Jalen Johnson. And then you add in Chase Claypool, who I think we all agree we would not touch an extension for at this point without seeing more of what he means to the Bears offense than we saw uh, in a limited sample size in 2022. And so, yeah, I think Mooney is certainly a guy that this organization and this regime values. You've heard the glowing praise. Um, from the top down, you know, you know, Matty Refluse, George McCaskey, and obviously the most important man in the middle, Ryan Poles, who at his these many press conferences says that he loves Darnell Mooney more now than he did the, the, the day that he got him, and that was a, a lot, you know, the day that he inherited him last year. So yeah, I think uh, I think Mooney. This, this has been kind of in the rumblings for a while, David, that there may be a switch of agency for Darnell, and now it's up to, to his representatives to go in and um, convince the Bears that he's going to be healthy quickly. Uh, and obviously, I think the Bears will obviously want to let free agency and the draft play out and then see where things are at in the spring and early summer. And then, and then you see those talks probably start to heat up. I was amused to see that the Miami dolphins today will be interviewing two candidates for their defensive coordinator job. One is Vic Fangio, yeah. the other Sean Desai. I mean, it's <laughs> like, you know, do you want the original or the clone? How do you view this? <laughs> no, you're right. And, and it is, you know, it, it's like, you have to ask them their asking prices, right? And then, and so, so <laughs> right. if, you, if you want the original, you're going to be paying a little bit more. If you want the knockoff, you're going to get a little bit of a of a discount. Um, I, I'm I'm really excited for Vic to get back into this thing. You know, I think the league is better with him in it. He's obviously a a, a brilliant defensive strategist. We saw the results and the fruits of his labor here in Chicago, and I, I'm really eager to see what fit he picks because he can be selective. He does have multiple suitors. He does have a chance to say, "Hey, I want to go here. I like the." the assembly of talent there and, and I'm going to, you know, go, go put my fingerprints all over it. So it's going to be really interesting to see where he lands and, you know, good for Sean for, for continuing what has been a, a rapid ascent up the, up the coaching ranks and we'll see where he lands. All right, Dan, can't let you go without you briefly in the interest of time, connecting the dots between <laughs> Hieronymus Grassou oh, wow. and Robbie Gold, who is still kicking 23 field goals in the playoffs later after the Bears cut him in 2016. Yeah, so this is a connected dots, and you said briefly, so I'll go as fast as I can. But obviously, Robbie Gold was cut on Labor Day of 2016. One of the reasons he was cut is because the Bears had to go out that same weekend and, and find money to pay Josh Sitton, who had been released in Green Bay and was coming down to Chicago to fill a role on the offensive line that was needed to be filled because Hironis Grassou tore his ACL in a family fest practice in August of that season, and their backup center at the time was Cornelius Edison, and the coaching staff didn't feel super confident going into the regular season with Cornelius Edison as their starting center. And so they moved Cody Whitehair over one spot from guard to center. They needed somebody else, a veteran leader, to fill that guard spot. They signed Josh Sitton. In order to sign Josh Sitton, they thought the easiest money to cut off the roster was a kicker who sometimes was a little bit high maintenance in the, in the building. And here we are with a guy who's 67 for 67 all time in the postseason, field goals and extra points, one game away from going back to the Super Bowl for a third time. And, David, you forgot the one thing. We said that Coldplay played a, a two-night concert at Soldier Field a couple weeks before that Family Fest practice. 
So you might be able to blame Coldplay <laughs> for the turf at Soldier Field that then caused Hironis Grisou's injury that then caused all those things I just said. Thank and, you. And, and I, I appreciate you getting through that, but you missed the payoff, which is Hironis Grasso just got engaged. Did you oh. see that? Yeah. He I did is, not. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, it's kind of an extraordinary story because he is now the second best uh, – athlete in the family he got engaged to uh sabrina ionescu about two days okay ago. wow she's a, if she's I, a great basketball player yep Another if i'm not mistaken Hironis Grisou's family owned like a pizza parlor, pizza in parlor in if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there you go. At wow. least you got a place for the rehearsal dinner, right? Robbie Gold cares about another kind of ring, and he can there still get go. it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe uh, Greco's New York Prep uh, Pizzeria on Hollywood Boulevard was where uh, he worked. As yeah, I, I think when Hironis was a rookie, he told us about flipping dough in the air, you know, and being one of those guys behind the scenes that was getting that stuff ready to go. <laughs> And, and to just tied the whole thing up. I believe his older brother Nico was a place kicker. So there you go. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so you guys, you, you guys never know what's going to happen when I come on. But we got to a, a seven-year-old story about Hironis Grasso that led to uh, a, a story it's, about his engagement. It's still so, relevant though, because look at Robbie Gold still feeding his family, kicking field goals when it matters, getting to you know the NFC Championship game. Everybody in Chicago is happy for Robbie Gold. Maybe on his way to the Hall of Fame. He would never have double doinked. I'll say that again. That's right. And he was there that day, too. Don't forget that, that he was in the stadium <laughs> when that ball hit the upright and then the crossbar and then the grass, and everybody yeah, felt depressed for five years. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Uh, my last question for you, and I know this is so kind of beneath the radar, but with Bill O'Brien going back to New England, what now happens to uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge? They, they've got <laughs> – they, they made that ridiculous decision to put those guys uh, in charge of the offense. One was a former defensive coordinator, the other special teams coach, all head coaches. But uh, is there room for them? I mean, what happens now? Well, certainly you can shift around some things in your room and try to figure out where you want to go with things. Uh, you know, I mean, like you've got Bill O'Brien and, and Mac Jones t- together, and, and I think Mac Jones will, will tell Bill O'Brien what he'd like done with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, and, and we'll, see, we'll see where that heads. But it goes to show you, you know, that there's so many times where the Patriots make a move and you go, oh, well, the Patriots, it must be genius. And, and there's, there's things in that lab that blow up and, and, and leave old mastermind Bill with a, you know, a charred face and, and his safety goggles filled with goop. And this seemed to be one of them where, where Patricia and Judge didn't obviously get done what they needed to get done on that side of the ball. That's awesome. Dan, thank you, buddy. Great catching up with you. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, as always, hey, thanks for the new intro. We got rid of the flat-footed intro, and now we've got the push for more, strive for more intro. So it's a new era in Bears football. It's all Brandon. (laughs) It is. It's all down to Brandon Pryor. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.